Welcome to Let It Grow Investing. Thank you for joining me. I am Jeff and I am uh, not a financial advisor. And in fact, I'd advise you to uh, do your own research when you're going to make some uh, stock decisions, whether you're buying, selling, holding, and uh, you know, just coming here for some entertainment, go over what's uh, going on out there in the market. And ultimately some ideas that I think are going to be good for me personally. And uh, some some things maybe you could take a look at in doing your research as well. But uh, that being said, you know we've had a very very rough week, a very rough uh, month even. Uh, April's been very brutal to us, and uh, we are retesting some of those lows that we set in uh, the middle of March. So it's uh, it's been very rocky. But uh, hopefully, some of these earnings that we're going to talk about today can maybe answer like where things are going, where we can be a little bit safer and where we can possibly set up for some long-term uh, gains and even companies that might be out of favor right now. Uh, so with that being said, we've got, uh, I've got some links in the description. If you're looking to get started for uh, Webull or WeebleCrypto.com and uh, E-Trade, those are the three main ones that I use anymore. And uh, if you'd like to help support the channel and keep it ad-free, you can do so uh, over at anchor.fm slash let it grow, where you can uh, help support the podcast as well. So with that being said, let's, uh, let's go ahead and dive in. So we had, uh, you know, the, the Tesla, Elon Musk, Twitter news, and ultimately, you know, Twitter moved a little bit higher and, uh, Tesla moved a good amount lower. And a lot of people are asking me, Hey, why, what's, what's going on with Tesla? What's this got to do with Tesla? And a lot of it comes in the way of you know, well, one, Elon's looking to take on another company. Can he handle another company? Um, I mean, in, in that regard, I, I think he's a little bit superhuman with the amount of companies that he's got and the things that he's doing. And uh, I do think that he's really good at delegating uh, the jobs that he's looking to fill and the vision that he's looking to uh, have each company take on. So that doesn't really necessarily scare me. But then when you get over the financing side, that's where some of the fears really come in. And it really kind of answers why Tesla has been down 10, 15 percent in, uh, you know, probably in a matter of about a week now. Uh, so he's looking to make this, uh, what is it, 40, 44 billion dollar purchase uh, in a couple of different ways. He's looking to borrow about 13 billion in debt from uh, Morgan Stanley and some other uh, banks that are going to be lending some money. He's looking to do about uh, $21 billion in equity where he's going to ask, you know, other shareholders uh, basically to fund this purchase with him. And, uh, you know, if he's got, uh, I guess, the the other 2000 that generally make up a private company, you know, all of those people are going to be funding this as well. Uh, and then he's got uh, $12.5 billion uh, in margin or borrowing against his Tesla stock. Basically, it's a margin loan on what he has in his uh, Tesla assets. So he's borrowing or putting up his shares of Tesla stock, basically giving that to a brokerage and saying, hey, I want the loan for my shares. And for that, um, you know, they are they basically own the shares. If, if he can't uh, pay on that, and then he would would basically be uh, giving those shares to them. They would sell them off. So if uh, if something goes wrong, if Twitter doesn't pan out, or if Tesla stock goes down enough, 
It's basically going to get margin called. It's going to be sold off. And that could be a, a bad thing also, as they would sell if the prices get weaker, they want their money. They're going to do it that way. Um, so that's part of the reason as to why Tesla has being, uh, been sold down. Also, you know, you got a lot of different pressures from, uh, you know, other shareholders really questioning whether or not this is going to be a safe play. And they ultimately are looking to get out while they're, you know, possibly still in the green or trying to cut their losses if they're uh, purchased more recently. So there's a lot of different things going on there. So we'll, we'll wait and see. I know there is a uh, expiration in October. And if either party backs out, there's a $1 billion penalty. So if Elon or Twitter backs out of the deal, uh, they would owe the other party about a billion dollars. Um, so there's there's a lot of stuff on the table there. There's a lot to be figured out. He's obviously got you know a few months to figure out where these other shareholders are coming from, where some of this other money's coming from. But uh, I think he's ba valued at two hundred and fifty billion, or you know, give or take. So uh, I'm sure that he can figure out a way to get this paid for. Um, so then we were looking at, uh, Microsoft. We were looking at those earnings. I said on last episode that we wanted to talk about, uh, some of the different tech stocks that are going to be reporting this week. And, um, they did have a double beat. Well, so their EPS was higher. Their, uh, uh, revenues were higher, but, um, they had a little bit of problems in the gaming space. Okay. So kind of across the board, we saw Corsair report. Uh, which they make uh, devices for gaming and they were down and then Microsoft, you know, their, their gaming was down as well. Not, not hateful, but uh, wasn't the growth they were looking for. So that, uh, and as I was saying last time, you know, even with a double beat, we still saw Microsoft sell off after hours. They did report on a bad day. Uh, you know, on Tuesday, it was, it was just an awful day as far as what the markets were doing. But um, that being said, they still sold off. Um, they were down even on a double beat news with uh, good cloud numbers, good, uh, you know, Azure was, was good. The, a lot of the different businesses were doing really well um, and they were still getting beat down. Um, so now we really got to look at what is the rest of the market doing? We, we saw Google, um, you know, they missed their EPS. And it sold off. It's still selling off today, Wednesday, as I'm recording this. And, um, you know, it's it's painful. The Most of Google's numbers look pretty decent. Some of the YouTube numbers were down. I think they were looking for 24% of growth. They got like 16% of growth. And they still got punished. Uh, a lot of the other numbers were fine. But uh, as I said, if we're going to get uh, mixed results, and something doesn't look great right now in this market, we're going to be punished for it. And uh, that's what we saw. So, um, you know, Google to me, uh, I know that when it was at 2,800, probably last week, I had said, or two weeks ago, I was looking to buy some in the $2,500 range. Uh, I did wait. I did get it in the $2,500 range. And I don't really think that that was a bad call. And I will probably continue to buy um, you know, some more Google here as it's in the 22s, 2300 range. Uh, I do think it's getting into that value territory. I do think that they're still going to have growth. They had a, a, you know, I think it was a four times growth in their reels, the, the short films that they're doing, uh, similar to TikTok, similar to the, the Facebook, I, I forget what the Facebook ones are called, 
but their their short video platform had substantial growth. Uh, so there's a lot of growth there. Google search was still doing good. Uh, advertising came in pretty decent. So there's a lot of different ways for for Google to to kind of pivot from here. We're looking at some of the uh, you know the, the different ways to to have those uh, advertising dollars come back onto YouTube. And, uh, you know, I think as a lot of people get back to the office or back to outdoors, uh, back to kind of life before, you know, pre-COVID, uh, I think a lot of people are kind of pivoting off of YouTube or spending as much time. I know personally, I watch more on YouTube over the winter because I have a little bit more time. Um, so, you know, I, I really wasn't paying attention to what the views were on some of the people I follow, if, they, if their views were dropping or anything like that. But uh, ultimately, I guess they have slowed down. Uh, so that's something to take into consideration. You know, we've got to definitely think about where that side of the business is going, or if it was just a pull forward from everyone being at home and we're just up against some really tough comparisons from last year this time. So there, there's a lot of different things to take in. I still think at 21 times uh, a PE um, for me, it's still a spot that I think is going to be doing great in years to come. So for, for those reasons, I still want to, to own this one. Um, I haven't really done much buying or selling. I've been pretty slammed with work here. And, uh, you know, it's been enough for me to kind of keep up with going, what's going on in the market. I haven't been actively trading in and out of positions or taking too much on or off the table. Um, you know, last time we did talk about the VIX, the VIX had uh, gotten back up into the upper 20s. And then I think on uh, Tuesday, I think we might have hit uh, 34, 35, something like that. And currently we are at 3150. And I, I did say that if it got over 30, certainly if it gets to that 35 number, uh, I wanted to do some buying. That's when there's peak fear in the streets. That's when you really want to look for something to buy. Uh, there's a lot of people running for cover. And uh, for me, that is a time where I really want to look for opportunities. Now, if it does drop back down to that upper teens, low 20s number, that would be a point where you might want to do some selling. A lot of the, the fear has kind of subsided. If you're a trader and that's a, a, a way that you want to manage your portfolio, um, that could be something to do also. You could certainly even do this with an ETF. If you're just looking at QQQ, you could watch the VIX, trade it based on that, or you could simply just watch the price. Um, but that way, at least it gives you a, a, a gauge as to what's going on out there. Uh, so that's one thing to look at if you're looking to uh, possibly start a position, uh, that that fear. You want to see it, uh, you know, like I said, peak fear is generally 35. If it gets over that, it's, it's really, really heat in, in the streets, if you will. Um, so take a look at that. It's just a VIX. You can follow it. Basically, it's just the, the volatility index or the fear index, as we'll call it. Um, so that's out there. Um, Chipotle had a pretty good quarter. We uh, wanted to touch on that one real quick. Um, I think the, the same store sales growth was about 9%. They were expecting 8%. Um, there it was a double beat EPS revenue and, uh, you know, a lot of the stuff they're, they're really trying to, uh, use their leverage and pricing power to not have to pass prices down to customers where they have done that. They haven't really had any pushback. Um, they're currently at 1472. They're up about uh, two and a third percent today. 
Um, the PE is high. It's a 62.7 on the PE. Um, they do give you that growth. For, for some reason, this one just, it, it seems to just keep rolling higher. So they're, they're currently at 1470 and uh, the average price target is 1892 So that's still about a, a 28.7% of upside from here. Um, so uh, I was listening to a interview with the CEO uh, on another podcast and uh, he was saying, you know, they're looking for a bunch of different ways to um, make their, their employees happier, make their customers happier. They're looking to automate wherever they can. They're looking to bring in a, uh, a chip robot that basically will do that work for the employees uh, so they can stick to some of the jobs that they like to do more. Um, they're looking to bring in something to cut and core the avocados. Um, so all these things are really trying to automate it. They really want to have a, a better run uh, team, more efficient, better pricing, and ultimately, you know, pass that that same experience on to their customers with uh, the cost not going up too much. Now, um, they didn't say that the costs have been going up crazy. You know, avocados are crazy, um, rice and beans and everything, meats crazy, and ultimately they were they were looking for you know that that breaking point, that inflection point where these prices start to go lower, and then they still have that pricing power. And then they can ultimately have a better margin based on uh, the, the fact that their costs have dropped. And so if they don't raise the prices, but the, their costs go down, obviously they're, they're going to make more money. So that is uh, one thing that they were looking to do, uh, or really looking forward to, if you will, uh, the, what's going to happen when, uh, when kind of the other shoe drops kind of deal. So all, uh, all good signs for Chipotle and, uh, you know, if, if you don't, if that PE does scare you, I still think that McDonald's is probably a uh, a safe play. Um, Chipotle has had a more of a pullback. I think they came down about seventeen percent, and uh, McDonald's has only come down around seven percent, I believe it was. So PE on McDonald's is a twenty-four. You're going to get that two point two percent dividend. And uh, the beta is lower, so it's going to be less risky, less upside at 13.6. But, uh, you know, if, if the recession really does hit, and this is my thought here, was people are probably going to go to that lower cost provider. And I think McDonald's is still going to be that lower cost provider versus a Chipotle or some other, you know, fast casual dining type places. So it was another spot that might be a little bit more protected if you're looking to um get one of these food plays into your portfolio. You might want to look at both of them. Uh, I think it really would depend on where you are in your uh, your investing uh, cycle. If you're, you know, uh, a newer investor and you got a long, you know, time horizon, Chipotle might be a better bet for you. But if you're a little bit more conservative or nearing retirement, McDonald's might be the better play. I wouldn't say that any of them is wrong. Um, so just take a look at both of them, see what works out for you. And, um, you know, I guess go from there. But uh, then when we're looking at some losers, um, you know, I don't really think anything has been as bad as uh, Netflix in the way of large cap companies. But uh, Boeing tries their hardest to, you know, mimic what uh, what Netflix did. So they uh, they did fall about $13 today, about 8%. Um it's it's one that still really worries me on a lot of the management, a lot of the credibility of the company. Um, that being said, the the upside as I'm looking at it, there's 
analysts saying that it's got about 67% of upside right now, which I don't, I don't want to be in this one. Um, you know, I'd rather be in some other aerospace, but, uh, it's, it's just one that, that scares me. So, you know, I, I don't want to say that it's an awful company. It is kind of that traditional, uh, us, you know, aerospace aeronautics type play. But, uh, I mean, as I said before, this one kind of just fell apart with some of the different problems with the planes and then the management and the hiding and the covering up. Uh, I really think they need to get out of their own way. They really need to get some of these, the new planes approved and ultimately, you know, get them flying again. They do have about 400 planes in inventory ready to sell. Uh, I know United and Delta is looking to buy some of them. Um, so I think they're just trying to go through the final certifications on these planes. Uh, I'm not so familiar with that process. If they have to uh, uh, physically approve each plane, I'm sure they do or if they're waiting on that final approval on the, the plane model itself. Um, so you might want to look into that. It could be a deep value. Uh, it does have negative EPS. Uh, they had cut the dividend back in the early part of the pandemic, and it is still not back. They are not there yet. Uh, but as we've said before, you know, the travel industry is kind of booming. And uh, ultimately, those, those people are looking to get back out to traveling. And, uh, you know, planes are going to be a good way to do that. Uh, and then the next one was, uh, was visa. Um, and I had talked about really liking the, the payment place or payment plays right now. And, uh, visa did not upset visa is currently up about 6.6% today. And, uh, that was on some, some good earnings news. And, uh, one thing that I did find out, which I thought was kind of interesting was that Russia uh, apparently loves their credit cards. They're number two in the world for use of credit cards, only second to us. They uh, they occupy about 4% of that space uh, as far as the payments. But uh, Visa was able to do uh, these great numbers without them. You know, they, they basically shut down that business. So they are, uh, you know, very resilient in, in what they're doing. They're, they're covering a, a, a lot of transactions and uh, their, their operating margins are remarkably high. Uh, so again, one that I still like it's, uh, it did come back down from, um, where were we? We were at two fifty last July at two fourteen today. And, um, yeah, where do we, we were two twenty three end of, end, end of March. So, you know, we're still down off of that. So I still think this could be a good spot to get into this one. The PE is a 37. It is a bit high, um, but I, I think this is going to be a good place to put some money to work uh, for me. You know, this is uh, not financial advice, but again, this is one that uh, they're going to get a piece of every time everyone swipes a card or, you know, puts a card in online. And uh, for me, that is a, a good spot to be with the amount of people that are going towards plastic. Less and less people are using cash. Uh, we are going to see PayPal report tonight. Uh, I think it's tonight. I know Facebook is tonight. Let me double check that. And I can't type. Um, so, but PayPal and uh, and Square or Block, they are in a different bit of a, a play. They are in that more of a fintech play where, um, you know, we, we've got uh, some different things going on with them versus uh, I think, you know, Visa, MasterCard or that tried and true 
credit card play. And uh, PayPal, uh, yeah, tonight. So 427, their PE is currently at 23. They have been completely destroyed. I would really like to hope that we get some some good numbers from them. Uh, you know, last July, they were $310. Um, and currently, they are 82 So that one has been painful. I'm still in that one. Um, I did want to say, and I was thinking about this earlier, if, if you need to cut out of a stock for, you know, any number of reasons, if, if things get nasty in a stock and you want to cut your losses, it's certainly fine. Uh, you don't have to make your money back in that same stock where you lost the money. You don't have to just ride it out. Uh, say, you know, you thought PayPal was, was dead money and you, you took a loss and you want to put it in Visa or split it and go Visa and Google, you can certainly do that. Don't feel obligated or tied to any one stock. You don't have to ride it out. You can take that loss, tax loss, harvest some of that money. And I mean, generally we'll look at that at the end of the year, but you can have those losses on paper and then, you know, reinvest that money, whatever it is that you have left after such a a brutal uh, shellacking of PayPal. Uh, being down, what, 70%, something like that, Uh, 60% at least. So, you know, just think about that when you're looking at your options. You don't have to ride it out. You can sell at a loss. I know it's painful, and people say you don't lose until you actually sell, which is true, but uh, sometimes it's just easier to, to get into another stock that has better prospects if something's really broken down for you. Uh, yes, I am still in PayPal. I, I know the pain. But um, there are other options. You can use that as for, for tax loss purposes. You can uh, you know, certainly look for other options for your money. And um, just don't, don't be tied to it. That's pretty much what I got there. So that's what I got on that. Um, the amount of earnings out there right now are insane. It's so hard to keep up with all of them. So uh, I don't know. We covered seven or eight of them right there. And there's plenty more. Uh, GE was bad too. And uh, what else? Uh, I I know more will come to me, but we'll uh, take a quick break. I'll uh, think about it and we will be right back. All right. Welcome back here. So um, I did take a look at some other ones and GE was was pretty bad. They had the uh, a big sell-off on their news. There was the biggest uh, sell-off in two years. They had a free cash flow miss. They had a a downbeat outlook. They cited a lot of different costs that were going up and uh, it was overshadowing their their earnings beat. So they did have an earnings beat, but um, ultimately it it wasn't enough to do anything as that announcement came out that things were looking grim for them. So uh, that one was bad. Uh, GM, uh, mostly positive. General Motors, mostly positive. they had a kind of a lukewarm reaction, not really much positive uh, movement off of this. Uh, and they did say that they were looking to really up their uh, their EV game and they wanted, uh, I forget how many billions, was it? Uh, eh, I'm looking at this article here, but I know by 2025, they really plan to bump up their EV production. And yeah, 1 million EVs in North America by 2025. And uh, they wanted 90 billion in EV revenue by 2030. So, I mean, that's definitely uh, an upbeat area. You know, Ford came out and said kind of the same thing that uh, 
they really think that they can catch Tesla. Uh, I think they've got a long way to go and they, they really need to get on the, on the ball and, and figure out what they're doing. Um, not that they can't, not that it, it couldn't happen, but uh, I think they got a lot of catching up to do on the battery tech and, and some of the, the integration and things like that. But uh, so that's definitely there. Uh, another one that we had talked about last time that had gotten beat down uh, on some of the Tesla news. I couldn't really find anything as to why this company had been beat down when Tesla reported better numbers other than some some battery tech that uh, Tesla was looking to come out with with Panasonic. It didn't really quite relate to recycling batteries or uh, or Enphase or ABML, but I know I had said I'd take a look at it. So Enphase actually had a really good quarter and uh, they had traded higher. They are expanding their uh, production into, I think it was South Carolina and where else? And they are also expanding their agreement with ADT Solar and expands their battery storage in South Carolina. Uh, so that definitely helped them. They are uh, up about 7.86% today. And uh, they are trading right now at 165. They have come off of those highs. I don't think we got back down to those 140 levels. We have seen this move a couple times now where it runs up uh, north of 200 and then falls back down to that 140 area. So for me, this one could still be under accumulation. Uh, I'd probably let it cool a couple days if it falls back into the 150s. If you're looking to start a position in a uh, solar with the microinverter technology and whole house batteries uh, systems, this could be a good spot. Um, it's one that I would like to be in for the long run. I do think that they have a good road ahead. And uh, ultimately, they are one of the, the top uh, solar panel companies that are out there. Uh, so that's one that I'm still watching. And there is some volatility. So be ready for that in this name. It does happen. Uh, same thing with ABML. That one has uh, moved back lower. Let's check where that one is. Yeah, they're at $1.07. So they had that spike up to about $1.70. And uh, I think that this one gets back down to that 90 cent range. It would be time for me to get some more. And if we go lower than that, it could be time to, to double up. Um, so that's definitely one that uh, has some some positive things going forward on the, the recycling front. I know they are on like stage two of their building. I saw a picture on Reddit where they were uh, laying out the, the production uh, floor and some things going on there. So that is definitely one to watch if you like that kind of play. It is a smaller position for me. It is definitely a more of a speculative play and one that has a lot of risks ahead of it. But I do like where, um, you know, they want to be recycling these these minerals or the, the lithium out of the batteries. Uh, so that being said, um, where are we going to go from there? I did want to point out that uh, inflation did come in a little light. So uh, it was at 7.5% versus 7.8% uh, was estimated. So that is a sign that of what the Fed is doing is working to some extent. Uh, the 10 and two year curve is uh, getting a little bit further apart. I think it was about 22 basis points apart now. So we are having that divergence between the two. When they invert, it's that sign of recession. Uh, we could still get a recession, but uh, I do think that the Fed is going to throw everything at this thing. I have a strong feeling that we're going to overshoot. 
and they keep saying that consumer demand is high. They are still buying. Our consumers, us, we're, we're still looking to buy more things. We have a lot of strength out there. So they're upping these um, these rate hikes. And that was a lot of the problem on Tuesday was more talks of rate hikes. Uh, so that was one thing. that, But these signs show that what they're doing is working. They are uh, at that inflection point. In that inflation number, we did see that come down. Uh, so that is a good sign. But uh, I, I do think that they're going to overshoot. They're going to keep throwing it, uh, these rate hikes at us until we are eventually don't want to buy anything else. So we don't want to borrow anything else. And, uh, you know, that being said, the uh, the 30-year mortgage is going to go higher. And uh, I think some of the housing numbers are going to come way down. They already have been trending down. But um, if you don't already have a mortgage secured, your rates are going to be much higher. So with that being said, you know, those, those people that are looking to buy homes, um, they're not going to be able to afford as much home as their in interest rates are going to be so much higher. It's a lot of their money is going to be going to that rather than the principal. Uh, so, you know, like, like I said, it doesn't make as much sense for DR Horton or Lennar or, you know, Toll Brothers or whoever to build a house uh, that, you know, right now they'd sell for 700,000, but uh, you know, Next year, they might have to sell for 500000 because the interest rates have gotten so out of whack. Uh, so there's going to be, I think there's going to be a slowdown. There's going to be less borrowing. And that's pretty much what the Fed is trying to do. We were hoping for a soft landing. I think it might get a little bit rockier is kind of where I'm feeling it might go right now. Uh, that's not that's not necessarily how it's going to happen. It's just kind of a, what I'm thinking is going to happen. But uh, I do think that you know, they will, will still be throwing these rate hikes at the market. And we've been seeing that. And every time that we think that there's one priced in, uh, they announce another one and the market sells off more and more. So we've been testing some of those lows. Uh, we could still go down. There is another trend line of support in the NASDAQ at like 11.7. Um, but I think right now today we're at like 12.5. So we're about those lows of March. And uh, hopefully we can bounce off of that. But as I said, watch the VIX, uh, watch your prices, set up a plan for your stocks, know where you want to buy them, and uh, ultimately know where you're, you know, if you want to get out of them, have a, a number in mind, or even set the sell order, you know, ahead of time. That way you don't have to look at it and question yourself, uh, everything like that. So have it on, on a piece of paper. Uh, I bought, uh, or, you know, say I bought Google, uh, my, my threshold is, you know, say 2000 or pick a number that's just kind of pulled out of thin air. So pick a number where you're comfortable. And if it gets down to that, if you got to sell it and take the loss, take it and, and regroup, set up and have a, a watch list of other companies that you want to buy and, uh, be ready to strike when, uh, when those numbers, uh, make sense to you and your plan and what ultimately what you want to do with your portfolio. But uh, that being said, we've got uh, the week 18 investing challenge over there on Let It Grow Investing on Facebook, who uh, reports tonight as the meta company. And uh, we have five stocks again this week. Uh, so we have United Airlines. We have Blackstone uh, Private Equity, not the grill company. We have Tesla, Netflix, and Apple. Uh, and if you've gone ahead and already voted, if uh, any of these, the results of this week, uh, have you thinking any different about maybe, hey, maybe it is time to buy some Tesla or if Apple comes out 
and you know they miss on something and it goes lower maybe you want to buy that um so certainly if you want to change your vote you can do so up until about friday uh evening and then i'll uh, tally all the votes and we will uh draw a winner we'll be buying that one on monday uh, around lunchtime that's normally what we're trying to do and uh, we did buy bank of america the banks for for week 17 we bought bank of america and the banks have been holding up pretty well uh we have seen the the riots uh holding up pretty well and uh some other companies uh oh and one one growth area that i did want to point out this one uh just kind of you know reminded me as i'm saying this um, the cybersecurity stocks have been holding up pretty well. So that's about one of the only areas of the market in growth, that's tech, uh, that is holding up. So I'm, I'm still looking at CrowdStrike and Palo Alto. Uh, I know there's quite a few of them that uh, I know a, a few people on here really are passionate about. So if you've got uh, any stories on those companies, uh, feel free to share them with us uh, over on Let It Grow Investing. Uh, I do want to take a quick look on the the Weeble portfolio. Yeah, we are down about 11% overall. And, um, you know, that's about where it was the other day. So that's not uh, not too earth shattering. There have been, you know, NVIDIA is probably our uh, NVIDIA's second worst, uh, only second to Shopify. That one is brutal. That one's down about 55% for us. NVIDIA is down 39%. Uh, I'm still uh, bullish on the chip plays, but um, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a rough road here. So that's what I got for you guys today. Uh, get over to Let It Grow Investing on Facebook. Get those votes in for week 18. And if you got anything interesting to share with us on any of the, the tech plays or anything that you're seeing out there that uh, you think everyone in the group should know about, feel free to share it up. Um, and that's what I got. So uh, let's get out there. Let's uh, have our money work for us. Let it grow. And uh, we'll stay invested through this, uh, all this volatility out there. So take care and I will catch you guys in the next one.